say it again louder. Episode one, growing up in an abusive household. Trigger warning, this episode contains descriptions that some listeners might find disturbing. Welcome to Say It Again Louder, where I'm just an awkward gal who overshares. It's cathartic for me and hopefully helpful for you, so let's get started. The purpose of this podcast, I guess, is just kind of a living journal of my mental health journey so far. Um, I grew up in an incredibly abusive household, so we're gonna start at the beginning, give it a little bit of throwback, how we can kind of understand of how I got to where I am now. Uh, one of the first memories I ever remember, I was really young, I would have been two or three, and I remember everything being yellow. And then I remember lots of commotion. I remember police officers at the house. I remember everyone yelling and I'm just getting pushed off to the side. And as I grew up, I later find, found out that it was my because my sister had been kidnapped. And there's a lot of commotion in the town. Uh, earlier that week, my dog had been poisoned, who I had found. And there's just, there's a lot of things happening. So like, that's kind of my very first memory that I have any recollection of. And then that's just kind of how my memories continue on throughout my childhood. Um, there was a lot of emotional and mental and physical and sexual abuse um, from as young as, Again, around three or four, I had a, a stepfather at the beginning who decided he was going to sexually abuse me, but he also treated me better than the other kids. So where the other kids would get physically abused, I was not getting physically abused. My sister noticed things and she'd try and question what was happening and in turn was punished for that. And she's six years older than me. My siblings are six, seven, and eight years older. Um, and that didn't go very well. She had a really rough childhood. There was a lot of um, police involvement, a lot of child social services involvement. And we moved around a lot to kind of stay under the radar. I think a really big thing to talk about when it comes to abuse, especially childhood abuse, is the type of grooming that happens and just the sweeping under the rug. You're told to not talk about things. You're groomed and conditioned on what to say if people question you, especially authority figures. You don't talk to your teachers. You don't talk to anyone that could help you. You say everything's fine. You don't make a big deal about things, partially is because you'll be punished and partially because no one's going to help you anyways. And that's how they make you feel. So that's kind of how it started off with my stepfather. He would groom me. He would do things like after the sexual abuse, he would give me chewing tobacco to chew. And I'm, I'm three or four at this point. And me as a logical adult now, understand that this is not okay behavior. But at three and four, you don't have that mental capacity to understand what they're doing. And so he would give me chewing tobacco and then he would go, well, you know, that's wrong. You can't be chewing chewing tobacco. I'm going to tell on you. And then I get really scared. I get incredibly upset and terrified because I didn't want my mom to find out that I did this. So then he would go, well, okay, I won't tell on you as long as we keep this a secret. And then that's kind of how my memories progress. Uh, I don't have a lot of happy memories from my childhood. The happy ones that I do have were from my uncle and his boyfriend 
and my uncle passed away when I was nine. So those are my brightest, shining memories. A lot of my memories have to do with uh, my sister running away, my siblings running away, them being pulled and put in group homes, us moving every three to six months, people finding us, and then we'd have to move again. We were, we were very, very low income. I grew up with alcoholic stepfathers. My mom was gone a lot, so I was left alone a lot of the time from a really young age, about four or five. I remember wandering around the town. I remember being left on farms. It's a few times that I would have babysitters. Not great things happened. Um, again, I was abused by one of my babysitters. She would leave me at one of her friend's house where this would happen. And I just have memories of hating this door. I hated a door. I hated going in a door. And I would freak out and my babysitter would hit me and say I, I was overreacting and whatnot. And I was young. I was like six or seven or so. Um, and it just didn't matter what I said because they're the authority figures. They're the adults. And I was told to just get in line and not talk about stuff. And it was all just kind of swept under the rug. When I hit about nine in grade four, we started going through health class. In health class, they start talking to you about all these types of different things. And they start talking about improper touches and good secrets and not good secrets and everything. And it started to make me really question what was normal. And they asked what has anyone been touched before or anything happened? And if you can come to the teacher and tell them. And so I, you know, I got the courage and I decided to tell my teacher. They told my parents. I got screamed at for telling. And I briefly went to the school counselor, but then again, my parents made it seem like I needed to sweep it under the rug. So I was like, nope, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. This is fine. And that's just kind of how it continued. Things would happen, you sweep under the rug. Things would happen, you sweep under the rug. It got very difficult to move as often as we did. I was bullied a lot because of that. I was always the new kid. I didn't understand social normities. I still don't, to be honest. I, don't, I didn't understand how to make friends. I didn't understand what it was okay to say because if I said something regarding my family, I would get in trouble. So. I'd either talk a lot or I wouldn't talk at all because I would have been reprimanded. You were taught not to show your emotions. You learned to walk on eggshells and try and manage all the adults' emotions in your life. You tried to think of everything that you could do before. And so I became, I guess, a goody-goody. I would try and get the best marks. I would do everything I was told so I wouldn't get yelled at. But no matter what you did, you would still get yelled at or you'd still get hit or you'd still get sworn at. Uh, when my mom remarried, when I was about seven, to the stepfather that I had for most of my life, it, you would think it would get better, but it didn't. The sexual abuse stopped because I was no longer with that first stepfather, but he was an alcoholic as well. So there was a lot of times where I was hit, I was yelled at. There was one time they left me with his mother who had Alzheimer's at the time and she didn't like me. I think I was eight and we lived, well, she lived in a trailer and my parents went off somewhere. I can't even remember when. And I was with her for two or three days and she would not let me leave the room. I, and it was plus 30 out in a trailer 
and I wasn't allowed to leave the room. I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom. I wasn't given water. And by the time my mom came back, I almost had to be hospitalized because of the dehydration. And that's just kind of like how it progressed and continued. It, it, and that was brushed off as well. That was just like, they were pissed off at her. I wasn't allowed to be alone with her anymore, obviously. But then I was just alone all the time in general. Um, at the age of nine, 10, I was required to do all the cleaning, all the cooking. If I didn't, I would get a major, major shit. I would get screamed at, I get hit, I would, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I, even if I had a friend and they invited me out, I couldn't go. It, the rule ended up being is I wasn't allowed to leave the house unless I had school or work. So at age 12, I got three jobs. I started babysitting. I took on three different flyer routes. I just did everything that I could to stay out of the house as much as I could. And that was a valid reason because I was working and they allowed that. I wasn't allowed to have a normal childhood. I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers or go to parties or have a boyfriend or go see a movie or go really like shopping or do anything. If I wanted to do that stuff, I'd have to kind of be sneaky in between my like times that I was working. So you kind of learn to hide things. You learn to just be on your own. Uh, around the age of 12 was when anorexia popped up for me because that was something I could control. I decided I was gonna be a vegetarian so it was easier to control my food that way. But because most of my family wasn't very healthy, this was news to them. I got teased a lot. I got talked down to for doing becoming a vegetarian. I got told they, they wouldn't provide the food so I would have to. So that's what I spent a lot of the money that I made on. I, I spent it on food. I had to buy my own bus passes. I had to buy my own school supplies. I had to buy my own clothes. It's just, you learn to survive at a really, really young age. And you shouldn't have to do that when you're really young. And as that continued on into my teenage years, it would get slightly more explosive to the point, like one time I came home a half an hour late, decided to stay after school to do a project. And they lost it on me and told me to get the fuck out and did all this crazy stuff to the point that my sister actually stepped in between us when she was pregnant. And they pushed her out of the room and locked the door and they strangled me on the bed. They wouldn't allow me to leave and they told me to leave. It was just a complete nightmare. They kept people in the house that weren't safe for me. My brother, who had also molested me when I was a child and is seven years older than me, lived in the house. He hated me. I couldn't tell you why. I would wake up to him standing in my doorway at 3 a.m. He would constantly make threats at me. And he would do, I felt like I was in a horror film. Like he would do stuff. And then I would, my mom would be there, but she wouldn't be looking at him. And I would be like, he just did this again. Like he would motion that he was gonna slit my throat or he would mouth he was gonna kill me. And then I would say, he's just doing it again. I don't feel safe. And she'd look at him and he'd go, I don't know what she's talking about, mom. She's lying. And she's like, Melanie, stop lying. You, you like, why are you trying to always get him in trouble? And then he would sit there and smile behind her. And I was like, I feel like I'm in, literally a horror film. And when that all came to a head, was I, I was at work one day, and this is when I, I think I was 16 or 17, and I decided I was gonna work at the mall, and I worked at the grocery store, and I, I, was, oh, I was just constantly working. And I came home one day to a bunch of police, which isn't unusual. I was just like, all right, what happened this time? What's going on, guys? And 
my mom's crying. My dad had a cut across his cheek. I was like, well, I missed something exciting. And they did not appreciate my nonchalant behavior towards this because my brother in one of his drug-induced states decided he was going to kick open my door and asked me where I was while he was holding a knife. My mom said she didn't know. He tried to strangle my mom. He cut my stepdad's cheek with the knife and they called the cops. So, you know, after hearing this, you're like, this is awful. Great, he's gonna finally go to jail because there had been many incidents where he should have went to jail. And then a couple days later, they went and they dropped the charges and they brought him home. When they brought him home, it was when I called my sister and I said, I can't live here. He came back and she came and got me immediately. And that's when I eventually left the situation and I started to learn how to put boundaries up. I stopped talking to my mom for a while. I didn't no longer spoke with my brothers, which impacted my relationship with my nieces and nephews. I only sp spoke to my sister. It was the only way I could figure out how to stay safe. And I would get still punished. I would get yelled at. I would get screamed at. I would get so many phone calls and she would try everything. She would go from trying to be nice to screaming at me to showing up. And my stepfather would also do this stuff. It was just basically a living nightmare. I couldn't tell them where I moved to after I left my sisters. I, I couldn't do any of that. So it just became survival mode again. And I just, I worked three jobs. I went to university. I just stayed busy and did what I needed to do to stay away from that situation. And it's interesting looking back on everything now and how crazy my life was, because now I have children. And my big thing is wanting to break the cycle for them. I never want them to feel the way I felt. I never want them to feel unsafe. I want them to feel heard all the time. I want them to know that nothing will be swept under the rug. I want them to have normal experiences that I missed out on. Because like things that happened in my childhood, like I had a SWAT team come to my house when I was 12. Nothing, I wasn't checked in on after that. I was just like told to go back to bed and carry on with my day. And la la la, after having a gun pointed at my face. It's, that's not normal experiences. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. And what most people, when they, you know, you grow up, you have good memories, you do stuff, you have a baseline for normal. I don't have this baseline for normal. So my reactions and my behavior will always go to an intense anxiety. I will always elevate. I will always think that people are out to get me, that they're not trustful. And it just, it kind of affects every aspect of your life, even after you're gone from that situation. So I really don't want my children to ever go through that. So I, I find myself now questioning if I'm being overprotective? Am I allowing them to have a normal childhood? Am I too worried about them doing things? And so I have to kind of reel myself back in and check in with myself all the time to stop this from happening and hopefully allow them to have some sort of normalcy. They know that I didn't have a good childhood. I don't go into details with them. Uh, they, they just know that it wasn't good and it wasn't right. And I don't associate with those people because I don't want them around my children because they're just not good people. I still associate with my sister. She was able to fill in a lot of holes for me growing up because 
obviously I was very young in some incidents and she was older, but we have the same memories and they got a little bit confusing. And she's going through her own healing stage, whereas I'm going through my own. And so it's just something that I find incredibly important to talk about, to let people know that it's okay to talk about, it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to be okay. If you grew up in a situation like me, you don't know when things are okay. And that feeling, that's an unsettling feeling. When things are going okay and fine, it feels like your world's crashing down because you that's not your baseline of normal. You're used to all of this crazy. So its it's been taking many years to try and reprogram myself. Like I'm 34 now. I haven't had these people in my life for many years and I'm still finding myself going through this stuff. And I just think it's really important that we continue to have these conversations and to allow people to understand that they're not alone. I want to thank you for listening and I want to encourage anyone that's listening to this that maybe is struggling with getting out of a situation or working on themselves to ask for help and to try and find that safe space and find that safe person that can help you, whether it be a friend, uh, an authority figure, a teacher, anyone. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time on the next episode. Mm -hmm.